Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 69. Whoa. Get it? Hey, funny, hey. funny number. Whoa. 69. Nice. You know, it's uh, 69 is the 420 of uh, uh, Bacon's. Oh, simply you know? epic numbers. Simply having an epic number time. Um, more, more, Morty. Oh no, we can't do that anymore. Nope. No, we. Uh, no, no. Forget that. No. Nope. Okay. Um, yeah, it's Junior Funners episode sixty nine. Uh, so you know what that means. We're going to be uh, even more hilarious than usual. We're going to be even more insufferable. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we're Junior Funners. This is the only the only podcast you need to listen to. Period. Well, period, period, period about Arsenal, um, and uh, well, Arsenal and that. Um, so yeah, we're the we're the podcast about Arsenal and that, where we talk about Arsenal and uh, whatever else. Uh, and I'm Ollie. Hello, and uh, and that's Lawrence. Hey guys. Hi, Ollie. Doing like a cool new character there. Yeah, it's sort of uh, you know up and coming yuppie uh, sort of uh, yep 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 real yep, cool yep, guy, yep. you know? Yeah, yeah, kind of like um, like Bob Mortimer's train guy. Yeah, yeah. Yup, 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 yup. Yeah, you are as always a powerful halibut. It's also helps I got us cold, so hopefully I won't do that too often during the recording. So <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah, you've got a cold from uh, doing too much skiing. Yeah, on the snow out yep. there. I'm winking right now. Wink, oh, yeah. wink. Had yeah. a bit too much yeah. icing with me with me uh, cake. You know. Yeah. Ooh. With his cake, 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 cane, whatever. Um. Yeah, Lawrence is taking his fandom of uh, Fleetwood Mac to the next level. He's trying to ingest as much cocaine as they all did uh, during the recording of Tusk. Yeah. Um, probably won't live through the episode, but we'll see. Uh, that's a nice little tease for later on, I guess. We'll see. Will Lawrence make it through the episode? Find out. Um, anyway, yeah, we're talking about Arsenal because it's fun to talk about Arsenal now. So let's do some yeah. Arsenal talking with Arsenal news. And uh, here's the news. Fuck you, everybody else. Yeah. We're top of the league. Top of the league. It's lonely at the top. That's the fucking headline here. Oh, having a lovely time at the top of this. Lovely, lovely view from the top of this. This. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We haven't been here for a long time. Oh, I can see everything. The- yeah. It's just, oh, man. Oh. Yeah, it, it's, people say it's lonely at the top, but no, I mean, it's, it's great. I can see my house from here. I can see, I can see the. Uh, you can see the houses of all of the other uh, like overpaid players at lesser clubs. Yeah, because their houses are huge, but we're way up above them. Enjoy tenth place, losers. Mm. Enjoy fifth. Enjoy conference league. Yeah, yeah. Have fun in the Europa Conference, dickholes. Yeah. Um, this is not going to come okay. back to bite us in any way. 
No way. No way. It certainly didn't uh, come back to bite us in the ass last episode when we did all that talking about uh, Mudkip. Yep. Because uh, <laughs> I suppose that that's as good a place to start as any now that we've done the, the gloating. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, so last episode we were talking, because we're still in the midst of the January transfer window, the time of recording, we've got uh, about a week and a half left. Um, and uh, we were fairly confident that we were going to be getting uh, Mikhail O. Mudrick. Uh, and uh, and Jal Felix possibly into the bargain as well, um, and uh, listeners that uh, you know pay attention may have noticed that neither of those things happened. Uh, so, so Lawrence, what what exactly went wrong? In, we're going to go to Lawrence for some analysis here. What exactly happened? A certain football club called Chelsea. That's what mm. happened. Uh, who are now being run by uh, as far as i can tell uh, the biggest business genius in the world uh todd bowley who certainly isn't just like a huge fucking moron um decided to swoop in and i think we we were talking about the kind of the ridiculousness of uh the the, the sort of transfer f- the loan fee and having to pay the wages for jao felix and sort of saying that like you know it's kind of a piss take um, and lo and behold, Chelsea just apparently couldn't wait. They <laughs> they were like, "Yes, please take our money." Yep. Um, so yeah, they ended up paying. They're, they're paying something like ten million um, for a six month loan of Jal Felix, who then proceeded to get sent off on his debut. Um, so he's in the middle of a what is it? It's a straight red is it, is that two match ban or is that three? It's two, isn't it? I think. Well, I was under the impression it was free. I'm sure. I, uh, I lose track. Does that maybe it is three? Does that include FA I Cup mean, as well? Usually, that includes uh, FA Cup or League Cup games or something. Whatever. Yeah. But um, I mean, three. Yeah, three matches is even funnier. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah, great bit of business there, and then uh, yeah, um, Michaelo Mudrick. Uh, yes, no longer an Arsenal player. He, we, we talked about it last time that, you know, he was apparently desperate to come to Arsenal. His, his Instagram was just full of Arsenal stuff. Um, and apparently he even asked Arsenal to match Chelsea's bid, um, because he wanted to, (laughs) because he wanted to come here. But, uh, no, Chelsea ended up, Chelsea have ended up paying, uh, over a hundred million quid for him, including, a nice little 22 million sports washing payment um, towards the Ukraine war effort just to kind of, I guess, to kind of balance the books from the previous owner, uh, Mr. Abramovich. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's always, always the way, you know, with uh, the whole, the whole deal stinks in my view. The whole deal just, it was just typical bullying. Is- it is nuts, isn't it? I mean, it just, the the scale of it, like spending a hundred million quid on a player in January, including like a twenty two million pound like blood money payment, essentially. Yeah. Um, and it, they've signed him on an eight and a half year contract. I've I've never heard of that before. Like I remember when Harry Kane signed like that six year deal with Spurs. Um. And then ultimately wasn't allowed to join. Hmm. He ultimately wasn't allowed to join City because of it. Um, but yeah, eight and a half years—that's nuts. I just like 
I, I guess that's probably that, that's just like another loophole to get through the financial fair play stuff, isn't it? That they can yeah. say that they're they're spreading out the payments yeah, um, for the transfer fee over that period. That's what I was thinking. I was I was thinking now oh, this is just a way of like like spreading that pizza dough just a little bit stretcher over over a longer period yeah. of time. So it's like in a weird way. I was thinking, are they playing him? L- the same amount they would if it was four years, but over a longer period, which means they're sort of technically paying him less, which makes it look like he's on less wages, even though he's on more wages. I don't know. It'll probably be some bullshit like that. Yeah, like his actual uh, like weekly wages are probably going to be like lower than you would expect, maybe, but his contract would have included some kind of ridiculous like signing on bonus. Like he would have got like, you know, like 15 million quid or something for, for signing on. Um, so to kind of, you know, again, kind of help with, with actually selling the fucking idea to him in the first place. Um, so yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's at Chelsea. Now he came on, um, in their drab nil, nil draw, uh, against Liverpool. Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, I mean, yeah, he looked. Uh, to be fair, he looked pretty good. Um, so, looking forward to him. Either it, it's kind of win-win because I feel like if he does end up being really good, there's no way he's going to stay at Chelsea. Um, because like the players that do get really good don't normally stay at Chelsea. Like you know, recent history. You know, like the the Hazard transfer, even though that ultimately didn't really work out for him, but you know. Hazard going to Real Madrid, Courtois going to Real Madrid. You know, it, it's uh, yeah. I'd say I feel like there's no way he's going to stay at Chelsea if he ends up being uh, as good as he is slated to become. Um, and if he flops, I mean, well, that's just beautiful. I mean, that's just money straight down the toilet. You know, yeah. They've Aubameyanged themselves. <laughs> well, I was looking at it from um, this time last year when we were talking about whether or not Vlaovic was, would be a potential transfer option and all the fuss yeah. about Vlaovic and him going to Juventus and look at him a year on and hasn't really yeah. hit the heights at Juventus and he's, you know. His name's, his name's coming up again in the, like, the transfer rumour columns as well like, as, a, as a potential signing for Arsenal. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, mm, well, maybe we dodged a bullet, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether he's a he's a bad apple or not. I think um, I don't know. I have no idea. But um, yeah, I just think <laughs> I always just feel like uh, players who don't join Arsenal. It always seems that their careers don't really work out or pan out as they expected. It's always like, <laughs> it's like um, yeah. I'm trying to think of an example of like a player that sort of rejected Arsenal to go somewhere else that like did well. Because uh, like I remember we were going to sign like Sammy Kadira a few years ago. Oh, I think yeah. before we ended up with Özil. Um, um. Yeah. Oh. Oh. No, I can't think of any really. Um. Yeah, either either when players leave Arsenal, they tend to not do well. I mean, apart from, you know, I would say Giroud. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's been a few that have sort of gone on to but, do. I mean, I would, I would say Ashley Cole did pretty well <laughs> when he left. 
in more um, in more recent years, it's like you know, Ozil, Sanchez mm. just haven't really. Yeah, Sanchez is a, a big big example. Um, yeah, yeah, Koscielny. Yeah, sort of done fuck. I mean, it would be sort of. I don't know. He was in sort of like the second half of his career anyway. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of sort of potential bad apples, I mean, we talk about a player that Arsenal have signed. Um, we've got Leandro Trossard yeah. in now. And um, I mean, that could be a good bit of business in terms of just sort of uh, adding depth to the squad. I mean, he is a, he's a quality player. He's got a little more experience than a lot of the, the players. I mean, he's 28. Um, the only thing that does slightly worry me is that, you know, we might end up with another another Urzel on our hands in terms of the way that he fell out with Roberto De Zerbi at Brighton and kind of forced the move away. Um, you know, any time the player is capable of that once, you do kind of wonder, is that going to happen to us somewhere down the line? Yeah, well, hopefully by that point he'll be uh, 31 or... Uh probably be um, looking for a move elsewhere anyways at that point but um yeah yeah i mean yeah hopefully it won't be like we're depending on him by that point yeah. like we were with uh Ozil or Aubameyang um but yeah but yeah he looked uh, in his, his brief cameo on sunday um he looked very good very very quick skillful good you know just good passing i mean he was involved in the build-up to the uh, eventual winner. So that was, I mean, that's, we should probably talk about um, about that. You know, I think last time we talked, it, last time we recorded, it was during the uh, nil-nil draw with Newcastle. Um, and, I mean, not a bad result there. I've, you know, given the form Newcastle are in, I'd take a, a nil-nil draw, you know, clean sheet against them, a point is, is fine. But since then, we've gone on to, uh, yeah, we beat Oxford in the FA Cup. And then we had the North London derby where we uh, fucking dicked all over uh, Spurs, it has to be said. Um, Spurs, who are currently uh, drawing nil-nil with uh, Fulham, by the way, as we record this. About 30 minutes gone in the first half. It's the first half, so you can't really... Uh, I suppose it doesn't really count. Um, Spurs don't get going until the second half of any given match, do they? Um, I mean, they well, yeah. they improved in the, in the second half of the Arsenal match, but they had to because they were shocking in the first half. We just, it was, yeah, I, I couldn't tell what their game plan was at all. They were just sort of playing these hopeful long balls that were just very easy to cut out. And then, yeah, Lloris, uh, he did what Hugo Lloris likes to do. He made a couple of high-profile boo-boos. Yeah. Um, I don't think I think the uh, the um, Spurs strategy is always just get the ball to Harry Kane. Uh, Harry Kane try to get a through ball to Son. Son be in on goal one on one and get a goal. That was it's always their tactic. And Hyunmin's Son hasn't really had a very good season so far, and it's like they don't really have much of an alternative. I mean, yeah, their new plan seems to be more uh, get Kulusevski the ball out wide and then maybe he can cross it in to Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, that doesn't seem, I mean, Kulosevsky has been injured for a while, but yeah, the, the, that doesn't seem to be working too well either. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. And that in the Arsenal match, it was just, yeah, it was, it was especially in the first half, just so, so easy. 
uh, for us. And then we, uh, yeah, we, we just sort of, we just did some great game management in the second half, really. You know, we kept, uh, kept the lead, um, had to rely on Ramsdale to bail us out a couple of times, but we know he can do it. So, you know, that's the, the benefit of having a, a quality keeper as opposed to Hugo Lloris. We were talking about it in the, the, uh, Bona League chat. He is quite possibly the worst, uh, the worst World Cup winning captain of all time. I can't think of another player that has made that many high profile mistakes, um, but still has, <laughs> but still has a World Cup winners, not only a World Cup winners medal, but was like captain of a World Cup winning side. Yeah. Um, well, I'd have to go through, uh, who, who's won the World Cup in recent years? Because I forget. Uh, well, I wanted to hark back to the um, Newcastle game because it spurred this new agenda in my conspiracy of the Arsenal agenda that any time Arteta oh, yeah, is now the target of anything, any anything he does is now heavily scrutinised on the touchline. Is just his his antics are a disgrace yeah. to football. And he should stop acting like a fan and should set an example. And it's not like every manager does that, like mm. from Klopp to Conte to Guardiola and everybody. Yeah. It's now become yeah, the Tuchel new thing he got sacked. Yeah. that everyone talks about. And they were doing it in the United game. I think he got a yellow for... Yeah. Like... Yeah, there was a... I think Luke Shaw fouled Saka. Um I think it was it was like the second or third time he'd fouled him and yeah, Arteta was having a go at the ref and it's I did think it was it was kind of bullshit that yeah, we got we got fined by the FA for failing to control our players. Yeah. Um because there was a very obvious handball and because there was no there's no VAR in whatever it is, the third round of the FA Cup, uh obviously it didn't get checked, but it was it was very, very clear. Um, that the Oxford player handled the ball inside the box. And like, I don't know, maybe three or four Arsenal. It wasn't yeah. like the whole, they're, make, they're sort of making it sound like the whole team went yeah. over to him and started surrounding the ref. It's like, it's like they, three they or four in. Arsenal players. They jumped yeah, and exactly, stabbed yeah. him. And they yeah. fucking pushed him to the ground. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, yeah, Gabriel, uh, like, got like got on all fours behind the ref and then uh, Eddie and Ketio like, pushed the ref over so that he tripped over uh, yeah. Gabriel, and he fell in the mud. And it all um, blasted him. Happened. And then, and yeah. then, and then uh, you know, someone happy slapped him. It's like, oh, God, pandemonium. Yeah. Richard Keyes, wherever the fuck he is right now, he was absolutely, oh, God, what's happening to football? Yeah, yeah, it's a disgrace. It's a, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's the new thing they're noticing now. They're trying to find ways to try and how can we stop Arsenal? Ah, I know. Arteta, yeah, let's try and get him uh, a match suspension. Anytime he mm. starts gesticulating a bit too much, bit too, uh, bit too much uh, activity from you, Arteta, we're going to... Red, red card, mm. you're off, get out. Get it. It's the new agenda. Um, he kept his cool yeah. in the Tottenham game. He had to, I suppose, but obviously, but... Uh, yeah, the Spurs fans, they, were, they kicked off at the end, especially with Charleston, who, who he should be. He's the one who should be suspended permanently for wagging, <laughs> shoving, assaulting, 
Ramsdale in the face, and then one of the Spurs supporters well. coming along, literally attacking our goalkeeper. Assault. They tried yeah. to absolutely. I mean, assault is a is a throw them out of the league. What he did. It, it's the most. It, I mean, it's it's very funny that that because I assumed that that guy that the the Spurs fan that kicked Ramsdale was like like near the front of the stand. Um, but they they released like the like additional footage of it, and he was like he's like halfway up the stand. He ran so far to like do the fucking like the weakest ass, most fucking pussy bitch ass little kick in Ramsdale's back, uh, and then has to like like climb up a bunch of like he has to clamber over a bunch of chairs to go back to his mates. He hides behind his mates, and then um, he's got a scarf over his face as well. Um, and then he swaps coats with one of his mates on their way out of the stadium so that he can't be recognized. But it's just when he finally got um, arrested, it was like it was like a 35 year old man has been arrested. Or whatever. I was like 35, a 35 year old man acting like the dumbest kid you went to school with. Like that is embarrassing. He looked and he looked and like the guy from in between is he had that haircut. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's got that the the kind of the the Oasis fan haircut. He's got that whole look. I, I wouldn't be surprised if all of his clothes were from uh, Top Pretty Shop. Green, or yeah, or Pretty Green Liam Gallagher's uh, clothing line. Like this guy looked like he would let Liam Gallagher spit in his mouth. <coughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. What a, the, that was that really yeah really really funny. Um. Just how pathetic that whole thing was. And then Richarlison as well. You know, who's supposed to be like you know. Uh, this big tough guy say like again. There seems to be this culture at uh, Spurs of just whining about not getting respected. They're all supposed to be like Conte's supposed to be this big tough, you know, serial winner, big name, you know, he's ruthless Italian mate. He's he's mobbed up. He's basically the mafia. And then you see interviews with Conte, and every time it's like it makes a bad situation. It's very disrespectful for Arsenal to score two goals. You know we. They know we have a bad goalkeeper, and so they they, they score the goals. It's, it's disrespectful. Yeah, Richarlison. Not um, when he was warming up. Uh, Martinelli's. I think he's taking it back to take a corner, take a corner, and uh, just sticks his arm out as sort of like you know, because he thinks he's and he refuses. He wipes his hand away. Oh yeah. Yeah, his his international teammate. Like they've just played at the World Cup together, and he's just like, oh, no. And then yeah, like after the match, like I said, he's like he's like bitching because uh, like the Spurs fans were like giving Ramsdale a bunch of stick, and then Ramsdale turned around at the final whistle and sort of smiled at the Spurs fans and kissed his Arsenal badge, yeah, and like waved at them, which is all part of the game. Like that is like that's fine. Like football fans can't have it like both ways. Like. If you're going to spend 45 minutes just giving non-stop abuse to the opposition goalkeeper, like you have to be able to take it if they turn around and give you just like the slightest bit back, because I mean that's all it is. It's pantomime. It's wrestling. You know, yeah. that's that's what it is. It's it's like WWF. It's not nobody's no, well, nobody should be taking this shit seriously. But um, yeah, unfortunately, as as we've established, like you know, some idiots are. Um, but yeah, Richarlison like got you know his uh, nappy in a twist about that, and then wanted to stop Ramsdale going over to get his uh, 
his gloves and his towel <laughs> at the end of the game and his water bottle and whatever. And he's just like you said, he's sort of like point, like pushing his finger into his face. And then after that, after the fan kicked him, he was saying like, "Yeah, Ramsdale disrespected us." And it's like, "Oh, okay." So that yeah. guy should have jumped out of the crowd and attacked him. No, yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that, Richarlison. To be fair, no, he he disrespected you. So yeah, no, that's fair enough. If the fan, uh, you know, sort of jumped out of the the crowd and like I said. Luckily, he only did like the fucking weakest kick you've ever seen in your life. But I mean, you, you know, all joking aside, it could have been a lot worse than it was. I mean, we've you know we've seen a couple of incidents towards the end of last season of uh, in the in the championship. Which which player was it? Like there was a like a huge pitch invasion at the end of one of the uh, the playoff games, and um, some player just got like straight up like assaulted. He just got like like just decked by an opposition fan. It's just like that, yeah. Like that is the shit that can't happen. Like that is that. Like football fans need to chill the fuck out yeah. in general. They've been getting but, a bit. Um, um, they've been getting a bit. Um, getting a bit uh, acting up lately. The, uh, the the some fans. I mean, you've had Everton fans yeah. invading the pitch. Almost one getting into a fight with um, Patrick Vieira, and uh, yeah, yeah. Fans. Some of the fans are getting a bit. Um, aggressive again. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is, but yeah, it sucks. I hate it. Don't, don't do that shit. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, anyway, yeah, we won that match and, you know, Spurs kind of having like a little meltdown over it makes it even sweeter. And then this weekend we had, uh, Man United at home thus far, the only team to have beaten us in the league this season. And um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a thriller. It was a it was a dang old barnstormer of a match. It felt like to me when I saw the highlights, as I've I've made this analogy before, but um, again, like on the AI on the on a football game, where they get a goal out of absolutely nothing, it felt like it felt like that with Man United, like. You put the on slightly harder, yeah. slightly harder difficulty, and they just I mean, both of their goals basically came out of nothing, really. Just Rashford, just a, yeah. a nice sort of dipping shot that I guess Ramsdale couldn't really see until the last minute, and then I think it, yeah, I mean, it, it, to be honest, he struck it so well that it it sort of like it hit the side netting on its way in, like the, like how people talk about like you know when you take a penalty, you have to try and get it into the side netting, yeah. Um, so that even if the keeper goes the right way, they can't reach it. He, he basically did that, but from obviously much further out. Um, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think many keepers would have been able to stop it. It was, it was. I will hold my hands up and say that it was a, a ridiculous goal, just real, real quality and kind of sort of, you know, that it's the form that he's in. It's sort of like, you know, that's that's what he can, that's what he can do at the moment. Like, I mean, United. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, if he gets injured, I mean, they are. <laughs> I, actually, no. Luck, that, luckily, if he gets injured, they can rely on uh, Woot Weghorst, um, yeah. the the Weghorse, uh, has uh, has come to their has come <laughs> to save the day. the the pl- The guy that got relegated with Burnley and was not deemed good enough to play in the Championship, so he was shipped out to play for Besiktas uh, in Turkey. Um, is going to. Uh, solve all of Man United's problems, and uh, yeah, and, and I mean, boy, is he uh, has he done that? You know, I mean, since he's come aboard, they've they got a whole point 
against uh, Crystal Palace. You know, a, a, a whole point against Palace. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose we nothing. were also lucky that Casemiro got um, a yellow in that game, so he was suspended. So that kind of helped because they had to have McTominay. So that's always a plus. Yeah. But um, I was I was struck by just how much better our midfield looked than theirs. I mean, obviously everybody's going to say it would have been different with Casemiro playing, but he didn't play, so who cares? Um, but yeah, the number of times like Odegaard would just like very easily win the ball back from uh, Fernandez or like Xhaka against Eriksson was just like just like again, Xhaka was able to just pick his pocket so fucking easily, get the ball back from him. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe like how how much better our midfield looked than theirs, um, which was which was nice. As as nice as uh, um, Rashford's goal was, our our boy, our son, our pride and joy. Oh yeah, Bakayo Saka with a even better goal because yeah. he has to go through more, more bodies in order to sh- curl that one in. And it was the opposite corner as well. Yeah. It was yeah, he went for the the far corner as opposed to the near one. Um, yeah, I mean, that was an absolute... I mean, to be honest, all the goals in the game were were incredible. I mean, I know that, like, United's second goal for the equaliser to make it 2-2 basically came from a, a Ramsdale mistake. But the actual, like, header that Martinez did was, like... I feel like is is not that easy to do, to kind of, like, get under the ball and have it kind of loop up so that it misses everybody and then just dips under the crossbar so that nobody can clear it off the line um, was like, again, you know, if it, if it was anyone but Man United, I'd be like, damn, that's really good. That's, that's cool. But obviously at that point in the game, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Saka's goal. And then he almost scored the exact same goal again, but for like the ball taking a very slight deflection off of Christian Eriksen's knee, I think. It like it that kind of forced it onto the post rather than uh, going into the the far corner again, which it it, it would have done. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our our boy our boy did us proud yet again. I mean, he's just just getting better and better. But uh, it was just general. As I saw on the match today, it was just general. Uh, not not great management from Man United, just um, giving the ball away, especially at, right at the end of the game, and we, and within like you know thirty seconds. We're down the other end, and uh, you know, and Ketia, yeah. who is you know, he's been absolutely going above and beyond, and been fantastic since um, yeah, the return of the season. He's yeah, he's done everything that's been asked of him, and then some. I mean, he yeah, <laughs> it's 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 getting to the point where it's like, I'm wondering what's going to happen when Jesus comes back because. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I don't want Eddie to get left out of the team. <laughs> you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll find a way to play together, or you know, it might get, they might get uh, rotated more frequently. We might get a little bit of uh, Guardiola-style rotation from match to match. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he is, he's now that he's getting like a consistent run of games. It's, it was the same as you know what we saw at the end of last season. You know, he he had like a, he had a, a, a sort of run of uh starts in the in the team as opposed to these sort of late substitution appearances that he's used to making um and then suddenly it all just clicked for him you know he was uh he was just getting in good positions banging him in on a regular basis his his sort of 
his skill in terms of like his first touch of being able to receive the ball to his feet is really, really good. He can kind of, he sort of, you feed the ball through to him, he can go past just about anyone. Um, he's got so much pace and yeah, I mean, he's just so, so skillful. The way he can control the ball in very tight situations and get a shot off most of the time is, uh, is incredible. So yeah, I, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's great. It's so good to sort of see him thriving now. Um, but yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, I think, yeah, the, the sort of the United thing of them kind of making mistakes came from like us, uh, yeah. just, just being better at pressing than yeah. them. Ultimately, we've just gotten so much better at that part of the game. Well, I think it helps just the fact that it's just such a good young squad and it's just like, they got that energy yep. about them. They just keep running. They got that dog in them. Got that dog in them. Go with they got that, that MF dog in him. But uh, I would love to see if, whenever Jesus comes back, like, like how City against Wolves, they played like, like a three, then a two, and essentially like a, f- what was it like a, like a, f- what am I, th- what am I saying? Never mind. What, like a front <laughs> like five. Or- yeah, almost, and then have like. Having, especially, I guess, I guess when you're a goal down, a goal, you know, need a goal, maybe that would be great, but, um, well, it's a bit of a risk, obviously, but, uh, yeah, I would like to see that. If it's against a team that's just going to sit deep all game, just, you know, the Saka and Martinelli out wide, and then just have like Jesus and, and Ketia as like mixing it up, moving in and out, whatever, I'd, um, that would be nice yeah. to see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. We're we're officially halfway through the season now, so you know, we, and we've, I mean, no question. Obviously, we've we've done well. We kind of answered every kind of major question that's been asked so far. We still got to play Man City twice. In fact, well, we got to play them three times because coming up on uh, Friday, we got to play them in the FA Cup. So, but it's the FA Cup. I mean, it's our competition. You know, we've kind of got a home advantage there. We got we, we might. I think we might get by with a little bit of FA Cup magic. Yeah. Um, oh. And one last. Uh, I know we try to um, not mention them, but screw it. I'll mention the uh, infamous, you know, United Trey. You know, oh yeah. <laughs> he was having this weird at the end of, after the end of the game. He took. He t- yeah, he took the result with as much grace uh, and dignity as you can imagine. It was a weird kind of like, on one hand, it was like, one tweet was, enjoy your tainted victory. Then the next tweet yeah. was, mentality monsters, though, to be fair. Then the next tweet, but don't worry, next season is, a, is, is our season. You can enjoy your season. Then the next, se- next yeah. tweet. Yeah, next season, the title's ours. You can enjoy the title this season. And then he was like... Uh, what was the other thing? He was like, we, we got, uh, we've got to prepare for our cup semi-final. Enjoy your win. We've got to co- prepare for our cup semi-final on Wednesday or whatever. And then, and then next, next I, two would be Saka though. What a player! It's like this yeah. weird Jekyll and Hyde going on. It, like, I mean, it's just, it's it's just engagement, isn't it? I mean, he's just got he's yeah. got to hedge his bets. I mean, like it, you know, someone's going to react to all of those tweets, but they're going to be different types of people. So we get like maximum engagement by just hedging his bets and just saying everything because that's the kind of, we've, you know, we've talked about it before. That's the kind of the, 
that's the prison that, that those guys make for themselves is that they have to just keep saying stuff no matter how uh, stupid it makes them seem. No matter Because, you know, they are that stupid in a way. But, you know, even if they don't believe it, they've got to just keep coming up with outrageous crap to say to get people to react to it. And that's, that's, that's what he's doing there. I mean, it is, but it is, I mean, like I said, it, yeah, very funny to just be like, oh, enjoy your tainted win. It's like, oh, oh no, that our points total at the end of the season is going to have an asterisk next to it saying that yeah. the three points from the United win are tainted. So actually they don't count. Um, it's be a nice brown asterisk. Tainted. Yeah. yeah three of these points are, are tainted. Um, doesn't affect the outcome of anything. The total points is still the same, but just know that they're tainted. Um, and he he thought they were tainted because of the VAR decision, um, which is, I mean, insane. I mean, he, looking at the VAR thing, I mean, Nketiah is clearly onside. But the gall of a United fan to complain about an offside decision um, yeah. is, again, very funny. <laughs> I mean, they got away with that one against City. I was like, that was unbelievable. I felt surely exactly. That's not- I mean, that is. I mean, that is. That one was fucking farcical. I mean, Jesus Christ! How do you get away with that one? He's not interfering with play at all. It's like, I'm sure he is it's the t- attended receiver of the pass. Yeah, it's fucking like- Edison is going. Edison's going towards him because he thinks he's going to get yeah. the ball. Like that's. It, he is the very definition. affecting play. He is affecting yeah. play. It's like. Oh no! But he didn't touch it. It's like, oh god. It's always- yeah, but <laughs> like that's that's why that part of the rule is in there. It, the you know the it, interfering with play or affecting play. Like that's why that's there. Yeah. Anyway, um, it looks like Spurs have got uh, they've they've gone one nil up right at the end of the first mm. half against Fulham. No. Harry Kane, uh, who's now he's equal on some record or other. Um, Oh yeah, two hundred and sixty-six goals for Kane alongside drawing alongside Jimmy Greaves. Um, so, congratulations, Harry Kane. Two hundred and sixty-six goals and zero trophies. Well done, sir. Very good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, United Trey uh, can suck a fuck. Goldbridge. Um, Goldbridge wasn't as feisty. He was kind of more mopey um, with his response. He was blaming the uh, again, just blaming the Glazers. Um, which has sort of just become the standby for for everything. You should have seen his the clip from um, when the third goal goes in. He's banging his table, and then he he turns. Is- he's having a, starts having a go at his cat, going, "Don't know what you're meowing about, you Arsenal fan." God, he it is funny when he goes when he goes full like toddler mode because he's got like that baby face. So when it like when and again it's sort of it's one of the few moments where you see the mask slip because now he's so deep in in the the Goldbridge character that obviously everything is is exaggerated. I think I think we talked about uh, during the World Cup when he like he walked out on that stream because Ronaldo wasn't picked to play for Portugal, um, which is obviously just again like him kind of you know playing up to the fucking Goldbridge persona. But you 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 see like I said, you see kind of the the mask slip a little bit when he's doing his uh his sort of live streams watching these matches and things don't go United's way. He does start to get genuinely upset. And it's funny when like I said he goes like full toddler mode where he starts like banging his little fists on the desk and you can see like his like his his big stupid mouth kind of 
go in like a you know like a big straight line like a cartoon character um uh i just, I, I love watching that clip of the, the 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 one i'm thinking of in particular is uh when they played when united played brentford and they went when they went i think it's the third or fourth goal it must be the fourth goal um because they went 4-0 up within like 30 minutes didn't they it was like within about half an hour they were they were 4-0 up um and he is so close to crying in that clip, like genuinely. Like he is. I think if they if they'd scored a fifth, or if like Ronaldo had got sent off or something, um, he would have he would have cried. Like he he was so close to like actually crying. Um, but yeah, like I said, his his thing now is just blaming the Glazers for everything. Um, they haven't they haven't spent enough money. They haven't given Ten Hag uh, uh, enough uh, money to sign players, even though you know. They signed Anthony for eighty odd million quid. Signed Jaden Sancho for seventy five million. Uh, you know, yeah, st- they haven't given enough money. Um, yeah, so it's, everything's the Glazers' fault. You know, um, you know, one side of Old Trafford is uh, is is uh, in too much shade. That's uh, that's the Glazers' fault. The the, the pies at halftime aren't aren't cooked all the way through. That's the Glazers' fault. I mean, proper um, scran. We need proper bloody scran. You bloody idiot. You bloody idiot. You bloody idiot. You blooming prat. I really need to blow my nose. Oh, God, it's about to run. Okay. Well, I mean, this is is probably somebody's fetish, so you might as well do it on on mic. There we go. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that yeah, so those recent results put Arsenal five points clear at the top of the league, um, and the I suppose the breaking news today, as we record this, is that we we signed another player, um, Jakub Kiwior from uh, Poland, a, a, another another defender. Yeah. Um, he's a, a left-sided defender. I think he's, uh, the idea is that he's going to sort of provide cover and competition for um, for Gabriel, so that we're you know we're not we, we don't get to the like we did last season when we get to the end of the season and like the <laughs> the players are all fucking knackered and we kind of run out of steam. Um, but yeah, I mean he looks he looks decent. I mean you know he's part of the the Polish World Cup team. Um, been capped a few times for them. Uh, twenty million quid. I mean, yeah, it could end up being. He's still only twenty-two years old, so that could end up being a good piece of business, you know, if he if he develops into a good squad player. Um, so yeah, another another positive move. It it looks as like the the main rumor now is that we're now that sort of Mudrick's off the table. Like our big purchase is going to be in the summer. We're going to apparently go for Declan Rice. Yeah, and. Similar to Mudrick, Rice has started sort of liking Arsenal-related stuff on Instagram. A lot of people have noticed. Um, so the rumor is that, yeah, even though because United have been looking at him for a long time, and obviously Chelsea are now just looking at everyone, um, every every player that is sort of potentially going to sign with another club. I mean, like yeah, like we joked about, they just read the the gossip column on the BBC yeah. Sport website and then just sign whatever players are named in there. Um, but yeah, apparently Rice, uh, <laughs> now I know we said this before about Mudrick, but apparently Rice wants to come to Arsenal. So yeah. we got a good feeling about this one. Chelsea, Chelsea, this, you know, fool us once, you know, 
tr- just I just need Edu to just get on with it, you know. But um, I always feel like maybe if, if I was to defend Mudrick, I don't know whether this is necessarily his fault, whether or not it's no. Shakhtar's fault for or Shakhtar or his agents and whatever, just being strong armed. Yeah, I mean, almost bit. certainly, it was like yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, I think he he apparently asked Edu to match uh, Chelsea's bid so that he could he could sign for Arsenal, but. Yeah, Shakhtar were Shakhtar's position was always that they wanted uh they wanted more than uh United paid for Anthony because they reckon that, that Mudrick's better than Anthony. Yeah. So like we said last time, cheers for setting that precedent, uh United. Um but yeah, they wanted they wanted more than eighty million uh for him. And yeah, Chelsea just couldn't wait to you know, they had they got that they had that money burning a hole in their pocket, you know. Todd Bowley is just like, ah oh, God, I just I got too much money. I can't get rid of this stuff quick enough. Yeah. No debt. It's great. Yeah, it's great not having to, you know, that's the problem with the fair play rules, isn't it? It's like you can't spend more than what you owe or whatever. And it's like, well, Chelsea have nothing to owe. So it's like spend as much as they want. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they, where they unloaded a few players over the summer as well, that sort of means that they're like, the transfer fees they got from that combined with the wages that they don't have to pay those players anymore um, means that they, they kind of, you know, they can get away with <laughs> doing yeah. whatever they want. But I think, I, but this, this is all sort of predicated on them staying in the Champions League, isn't it? Because yeah. getting in the Champions League financially means like, you know, you, you're basically fine in terms of financial fair play. You, you, you will make enough money from the Champions League in terms of like, you know, the prize money, the telly money, and all of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, if Chelsea don't get in the Champions League, which is a possibility at the moment, um, th- yeah, this could be very funny. That you know they end up uh, under yet another, you know, another transfer embargo. That would be very funny. Well, I hope so. I mean, they're forced to use they're forced to use all of the youth, all of those great youth players that they've got that they refuse to. <laughs> That they just keep loaning out to other places. They they have to sort of. Oh no, we've got to use all of our horrible youth players that are really good. Oh yeah, no, that oh. Levi Colwell is it at Brighton? You know he seems to mm. be quite decent. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, like some of the players in the past that were sort of in that boat were like, you know, fuck it, like literally like Kevin De Bruyne, like Nathan Ake. <laughs> Uh, Lukaku, you know, like, like, yeah. There's so many of those players that have sort of come through Chelsea that just never got a chance to get. Fucking Mo Salah, you know. I mean, I know he wasn't part of their youth team, but like, you know, again, like a player that was just sort of like part of Chelsea that went on to become one of the best in the world. But yeah, yeah, they'd be like, oh no, now we've got to use yeah, fucking Connor Gallagher. Oh, ugh, ugh, Connor Gallagher. Yeah, fucking. England international Conor Gallagher. Ugh. Well, I prefer if Conor Gallagher left Chelsea and moved somewhere. Like, he did all right at Crystal Palace. Why can't he go back there? Yeah, I'm kind of rooting for him to go back to Crystal Palace, to be honest, because I think they... I feel bad for them, because I think I think Patrick Vieira is doing a really good job there, and, like, they they seem to play well in most matches. They just don't get results. Like, they, they don't... They don't play particularly badly. They just don't win enough games, um, and I, I think they've, they've they've struggled. There is kind of a big uh, Conor Gallagher shaped hole in the team this season compared to what they were doing last season. So, 
I'm kind of rooting for him to 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 get back there. I mean, uh, some people still want uh, Arsenal to go get Wilfred Zaha. I just, I just like no. Nah. That's insane to me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's what is he thirty now? I yeah. mean, he just, he just doesn't even fit the profile of like the type of player that we want anymore. But um, like we know that he's like. Like we know that he's got attitude problems. Like he's going, like he's going to cause issues. And yeah, he's like I said, he's he's like well over kind of the like the kind of age range that we're sort of focusing our recruitment on. Yeah, it just wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't. It'd be it'd, it'd be like signing fucking Willian again. Right, that was hilarious. I thought <clears throat> when I looked at transfer rumors like not so long ago, I thought. <laughs> It was the real David Ornstein, but it was a parody saying, like, Arsenal may re- re-sign William on loan. I was like, what the fuck? That, that was a fake. I got, I I think, got yeah, tricked. It's, the telltale sign with sort of any of those sorts of, like, rumours and stuff is always, whenever you see anything described as, like, a shock transfer or uh, a surprise swoop, um, that is always the kind of big red flag that it's just complete bollocks. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Jakob uh, Kirior uh, is uh, yeah he's he's now a, a Guna. So, couple of couple of signings this weekend. I mean, maybe who knows? Like I said, we got we got time uh, to to make some more potentially. Um, there was talk of uh, Eduardo Eduardo Camavinga uh, oh, yeah. coming on loan from Real Madrid. Well, they um, they played him in the weekend against um, I think it was Bill Bow. So I think that's mm. kind of making a bit of a statement there. Like, no, he's not for sale, Arsenal. Yeah, apparently, I think Ancelotti said that he's not, he, he doesn't want to let him go. But I don't know. Well, I mean, these things can change so quickly. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'll I take him. I mean, the. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a, a, like I said, you know, in the way that Zaha no longer fits the uh, the kind of profile of players we're trying to sign. I mean, Camavinia absolutely kind of hits everything we're looking for, doesn't he? I mean, he's, you know, he's young, yeah. skillful, French. Um, uh, <laughs> it's getting to the point now where all these players who are rumoured to buy and they're like, I know nothing about them. I don't know who they are. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to spend. Ages looking up all this stats, I just don't. It's like I don't yeah, want to do all this. It's like <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah. I just fully trust Arteta and Edu that they they know what they're looking for, and they've they've got the scouts and they've got all the stuff they need on a player. That you know, I was like, well, if they they know, they surely they know what they're doing. They wouldn't just buy anybody. I mean, yeah, we've had enough of that. You know, we we definitely did have a period of of doing that kind of under Emery, like kind of before before Edu kind of took the reins, and it was like under Emery, and we you know we, we was just buying like you know fucking David Luiz and you know and Willian, um, Sven Mislintat, yeah, when he was just buying players who played for Dortmund, so it was Socrates, Mkhitaryan, Barmyang. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen Licksteiner. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, like you said, every time you sort of look at like the transfer gossip for Arsenal, it is always like it's, always, it's some like Brazilian or Portuguese like teenager you've never heard of. Yeah, 
it's like yeah the the highly rated teenager is apparently being monitored by arsenal it's like oh okay oh damn i can't believe we might be able to we we might be signing uh fucking uh rufus trejo yeah oh wow and then chelsea will come along 200 mil yeah plus uh 50 mil for if your country's in a middle of a war because that'll make us look really good Specifically, yeah, if your country's in the middle of a war that our previous owner had a direct hand in funding, uh, yeah, just kind of a just a quick little make good yeah. on that, you know, just just break you off a break you off a couple mil there, just to kind of smooth things over, show there's no hard feelings. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, looking at Sky Sports News, I mean, yeah, this is a great example. Uh, Ivan Fresneda, the Real yeah. Valladolid right back. No fucking clue. Um, we're apparently <laughs> monitoring. Yeah, seventeen-year-old right back. Just no idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that I, I assume that would be a one where we would sign him and then immediately send him out on loan because at seventeen years old, I don't know that we're gonna. Yeah. I mean, we're actually we're actually pretty good for right backs at the moment, aren't we? I mean, yeah. we got, you know, we got Tommy Yasu, we got Ben White, we well, got, we've still got not, Cedric at the moment. Yeah. But I think Cedric is apparently off to Fulham. We'll just uh, we'll just knock on the wood three times because you know we don't want to jinx anything. Mm. But um. yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, especially compared to last season, where it was like you know, if we didn't if we didn't yeah. have any of our first choice defenders, we were we were fucked because there wasn't any. You know, we didn't have anybody else good enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the other names that are in the the kind of the rumor the rumor column here. Um, yeah, Dusan Dusan Vlahovic. Um, yeah, he's he's in air. I mean, like you said, like we were saying earlier, it's kind of just like, eh, well, do we really still want him? Uh, Facundo Torres uh, has apparently confirmed that the Gunners made contact over a transfer. Um, I mean, but that was a, I don't know, there's been a few days. There's been no, I haven't heard anything else on that. Well, there's, there's nothing else here on that. Jeremy Pino and Moussa Diaby, I think. The Diaby one is like again. That's another one where they want like a hundred plus million for him, and it's just like, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I I don't want to be spending that stupid amount of money anymore. That's apparently part of the no. whole policy now at Arsenal is like we're not going to spend over what we estimate the players worth. It's just like we don't. Which is that was like Wenger's whole thing. Like the the entire time Wenger was there, like he was just sort of very. Sort of stonewall about not playing, not paying more than what he thought a player was worth. Um, I think I Pep does it to a certain extent at Man City as well. I mean, I know they they do sort of throw the money around a lot, but they they if uh, if they feel like they're kind of being dicked about, they will just walk away. You know, they won't just they're not like they're not like Chelsea and just kind of paying. You know, whatever they don't they're not just sort of handing over a blank check and just being like, yeah, thank you very much. It's weird that. Man City or even Liverpool at times they they can get a player for less it seems like it was like they mm. don't seem to they get to pay like a like a discount almost it's like sometimes yeah. like Cody Gakpo well, I, mean, I can you, imagine <laughs> like yeah, if, I mean, if I, Arsenal I, went for I mean, him it, it would be like you know 75 mil 80 mil but Liverpool it's around I don't know how much did they pay yeah for? I mean if, if he if he went to if he went to uh, United like he was supposed to, that would have, yeah easily another eighty million quid. But like yeah, I, th- I think 
I mean, like, what what did City pay for Haaland? Like, they only it's like fifty million or was it something like that, wasn't it? Like, I mean, that is that's that's going to end yeah. up being like the bargain of the century. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! Uh, Tifo said that um, Haaland is the worst. He, he's made Man City. Oh worse. yeah, no, he's making the team worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah if if <laughs> yeah, he's sort of Schrodinger's Haaland. Like he's simultaneously going to break uh, every goal scoring record in the Premier League um, before he turns twenty five. Uh, but also, if City don't win the title, it's going to be his fault. So yeah. yeah, just some some really great analysis there from uh, from Tifo and from uh, you know all of the kind of usual suspects of like the dumbest people in football um sort of yeah saying shit like that but yeah i mean like like to your point it's sort of like i think a, a lot of this stuff is just sort of like because it's because it's january and it's there's a always a certain element of panic buying these clubs are always like oh yeah it's gonna be 100 mil for this player and then if when they when like if you wait to the summer it's like half that like <laughs> All you have to yeah. do is just wait to the summer window, and then it, it it like it comes down drastically. Well, everyone is all these clubs just know you're out looking for a player, so they it's like, yeah, so they just they add an extra twenty thirty mil to his price tag. It's just like we're gonna try and get him for what we can. It's just like, yeah, I do kind of feel sometimes is it really worth having a January transfer window? I always feel like, do we really need? Should we just like? Obviously, they won't get rid of it, but I feel like, eh. I think Should it really they, just for be for loans instead of permanent transfers or or yeah or free agents or whatever yeah. like yeah I don't I I don't know because the season is long the you know they're only adding more and more matches uh, you know squads can get stretched quite thin with injuries and stuff I think that there needs to be something in place I mean if you were gonna get rid of the January transfer window they'd probably have to make the initial summer window much longer. Yeah, like it would probably have to run from like it'd have to be like like if, like immediately after like the previous season ends, basically. Like you know, you've got like the last match at the end of May, and then suddenly like you know the window opens again. It'd have to be like it'd have to be they'd have to sort of extend the current window. I think if they were going to get rid of the January one, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they'll do that. No, um, it's just a bit of speculation. What Just if? a fun little uh, what if, you know? It was quite funny. I remember um, on a T. Speaking of Tifu, the guy on there, Joe Devine, he was talking about why is the the uh, the, the the dimensions of the pitch where it is? Why is the dimensions of the goal where it is? Why can't we have a goal that's smaller or short or less? Because some guys a hundred years ago. Decided yeah. that's how big the goal keep the goal's got to be. That is that's really funny to just be like, well, why, why does the ball have to be round? Why is like, it? Like, why you can't just it be start, like square? Yeah, like philosophically, just starting like trying to pick apart like every aspect of the sport. Like, why eleven players? Yeah, why, why he 20? literally said. He literally said, "Why are there eleven players on the pitch?" Because some guys a hundred years ago decided, "Oh, that's how many we got to have in each team on this pitch." Anyway. It's like, but who cares? Yeah, Matt. Like that's 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 the game. Like what? Like what? What is he proposing instead? Like what? Let's have a hundred <laughs> like, people. Oh, some some guy a hundred years ago said we've got. To, it's just sort of like, yeah, that's the game we all like, dude. Like like what do you stop like, fucking with it? 
Nah. Yeah, what is the point you're trying to make? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, what? The, oh, football's got to move with the times. Like, there should be multiple balls on the pitch at any given moment. Like, they did like yeah. the pen, a video about whether the penalty rule should be changed. Like, just because you were fouled, you know, on the far left of the uh, penalty box, you weren't, you weren't had taken a shot, shot on goal, but you were fouled. So therefore, it's a penalty. It's like yes, because you're not allowed yes. to foul people in that area. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh man, yeah. I mean, that's. I understand that there are some rules that probably need updating. Like, I mean, I'm glad that we've got like you know more substitutes now yeah. for all the kind of like you know everybody saying oh it, you know it favors big clubs and whatever. But it's just like it it. You know, I think it. You got to like like I was saying. There's so many matches now. You got to do something to protect the players' fitness. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, like so, something like that, like makes sense. But yeah, like the the fucking idea that, like, oh yeah, oh so, oh so, just because I was fouled in the penalty area, suddenly that's a penalty, is it? Oh, like basically, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even. Oh, uh, should expected goals be brought in as a factor? Like, yeah, yeah. Fuck you, you fucking nerds! Like, just the uh, expected goals. People are just the fucking. It's a great ugh. way to show how clever you are. They are lower than dogs to me, fucking expected goals people. They're just vermin. Although Troy Daly, of all people, did uh, somewhat kind of make it make sense slightly, but I'm still confused about it. Yeah, but then when he he explained it, like, because, yeah, on Match of the Day 2, he was sort of, like, analysing, like, Leeds' stats from the the Brentford match. And he was sort of saying, like, yeah, like, their expected goals was, like, 0.49. And they had... uh, Yeah. Nine shots. They're like nine shots. Yeah, so he's like, they'd have to get, they'd have to do 18 shots just to get to one expected goal. And I was just sort of like, if that's, if that's all it is, if that's all expected goals is, that's fucking stupider than I thought it would. Like, that's even, that's so shit. Like, that's so fucking dumb. Why, why are people making such a big deal out of it? Like, it's some amazing insight if that's all it is. That's so fucking stupid, man. God, I still don't understand. I think it, I think it takes into account where the ball was going. If it's going in, if it's like top right corner, and the goalkeeper saves it. If the moon is in it, the second house yeah. on a Tuesday night, this is like astrology for footballers. Really, it's it really is. Yeah, it's, it's astrology. It's crypto. It's fucking gibberish that's just made up by some guy. Like you know, like the, I know that guy was sort of saying like, oh, you know, the rules of football were created by some guy hundred years ago, but like. This literally is just some crap that a fucking nerd yeah, at some exactly. fucking, like, uh, Opta, like some guy at Opta or something made it his pet project and then just got too far down the rabbit hole and was like, I can't give up on it now. I have to, I have to keep pushing. I have to convince my bosses that all this work I've put in means something. And it's just, yeah, like now, now we have to see it on the screen alongside actual stats that matter, you know, like shots on target and shit like that. Like we have to see it on the screen alongside real stuff that actually happened in the match, not just fake fucking hypothetical shit. It's like, yeah. And it reminds me of like recently on the, on the Twitters, the word Riz. It's like, you always find a new word is being used by everybody. And currently it's the word Riz. I just think someone is making these words up. It's like some sort of experiment to see how far people are willing to go. To pretend that oh yeah I've always known I've always used this word oh yeah I've, 
Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm drawing, I'm drawing a line under Riz. I think that is sort of for all the other kind of like stupid buzzwords and stuff. I am just sort of like, I am kind of just fully being like, no, no, not doing this one. Yeah. No, <clears throat> Riz, Riz should be like the the only Riz I care about is Riz Ahmed. Um, yeah. Great actor, a pretty good rapper too, actually. Um, yeah, this is, yeah, it just feels no, like that's the only that's the only Riz I want to hear about. People are are just going along with it because they want to fit in and show how smart they are to all the stats and everything. It's like, yeah, I don't. I, where did cap come from? Like, that's another one of those words that like everybody no sort of I've, pretended that no knows, cap. That they know I'm what like, it means. I, yeah, I no yeah, cap, or like saying no saying something is cap. Like that's cap. Like. What is it? Is it, I, I assume it's a Fortnite thing, but I, that's just a, like a, that's just my guess. Cause it's, it's like Fortnite type people that say it. I would have, I mean, drip, we sound like, yeah, I go, we bit, sound like the oldest pieces of shit. <laughs> it's just the fucking, the world's oldest men. Well, Google says. Popularized in twenty well, it's popularized in twenty seventeen when Atlanta based rappers Young Thug and Future released the song No Cap. In the song the rappers mm. boost but boast about uh, the wealth and swag they've acquired. No cap, including clothes, cars and jewelry. Uh, anyway. Okay. But I mean that still doesn't saying means that you're not lying. Or if someone isn't Someone is capping. You are saying they are lying. Uh, I don't, yeah, okay. but it's not saying where it came from. I don't know. Yeah, it still just sounds. It still just sounds made up. I, Originated yeah. from. Okay, we're on. We're on Urban Dictionary. Okay. Ah. <laughs> this is. It's so weird when people say live tweeting. It's like wherever you tweet, you're live tweeting. It's like we're live <laughs> uh, Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> we're live googling. Phrase supposedly, according to um, this post from Urban Dictionary, uh, originated in reference to decorative gold teeth, which can ah. be divided into two distinct varieties: permanent gold teeth, and or caps, or you know, pullouts, as it says. In here. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah, caps, caps can be pulled yeah. out with ease. Permanent ones are as suggested permanent, and they cannot be taken out for a job interview or a court date. As it says here, right? They are an honest and lasting so expression authentic. of the owner's realness. So yeah, 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 so it's more authentic if you yeah. if you got no cap. It's yeah. Oh, I, I hate it. I hate it so much. It still sounds fake. <laughs> it still sounds like someone has like retrofitted that explanation onto it. You know, like like people just started saying nothing. cap and no cap, and then they've just yeah, they've just they've sort of. You know, they've kind of like tried to. They've tried to kind of make something up that would that would possibly explain it. I was trying to think, was it anything to do with like gun captures? Like, are using real birds or fake ones? And I was like, I was trying to. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there is, there's, you know, there's always been the the you know to pop a cap, you know, yeah, or to bust a cap. That's always, that's been a, you know, that's I mean, that's been a phrase for like forty years. But like, yeah, yeah, cap, no cap, I, uh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, like I said, we sound we sound like fucking old. We are the oldest men in the world. Um, <clears throat> yeah, let's take a let's take a break, and uh, when we come back, because I think that is is that that's all the Arsenal 
that brings us up to date as far as uh, you know Arsenal is concerned. Like we've we've done the gloating, we're top of the yep. league. Yeah. Um, we done transfer. Made talk. fun of Mark Goldberg. I mean, I, do you want to be? Do you want to be bold and make a predict? Yeah, we've done. Yeah, we've done. We've done. Our, we've done Goldbridge watch. We've done United Trade watch. Um, do you want to be bold and make a prediction for the uh, for the City match, the FA Cup this uh, this week? Oh, I don't know. Ooh. depends on what sort of team they put out. I, I mm. would they put out a strong team, or, or would this be like just put out like I don't know? I think they may have their priorities set in the league. They mean. You know, get rid. You know, do away with FA Cup and mm. stuff like that, just because you don't want the uh, extra game every week. So, and I, I, he might. I feel. I doubt that. My cynical brain feels like he might just let City win and then just wait for the in the Premier League. Just to that's nah. when he'll really take them on. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, he didn't really. He, I mean, he didn't really put out that much of a weakened team against Oxford. You know, we still had. No, no, you know, we still had. <laughs> you know, like Saka, Gabriel. You probably have uh, and Matt Kattier, Turner maybe. in goal. But um, maybe. I mean, I, to be honest, against City, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think either. I don't think Guardiola or Arteta are going to fuck about on this one. I think they're both going to take it pretty seriously. Because United, because City need to keep up the momentum. That they're that they're kind of building in their last couple of matches, um, and obviously there's no better way of doing that than kind of you know getting a result against the team that you're you're chasing in the league, um, and you know the FA Cup is like I said that's that's Arsenal's trophy. You know we've we've won we've won ten percent of all FA Cups that have ever been played. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we should. Yeah, I I I think it. it I, I don't know. I think it's uh, yeah, it, it's going to be very close. I think I I I've got a feeling we can sneak a one nil, one nil win. I don't know. That'll be tough against. Messi. I don't know. I just uh, so it's that one. It's like yeah, we've been doing really well, but we have not um, faced the real real um, real. Uh, Equal, I would say, maybe, and that would be Man City. Yeah. So it's just like that's the one. But well, we, I hope they win. Yeah, obviously. But uh, so many times in recent seasons, like we've like we haven't even been doing this well. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like we, you know, like this season we've we've played we've played Liverpool and we've beat them. We beat Chelsea away from home. We beat United at home. Drew nil nil at home with with Newcastle. We beat we've beat Spurs home and away. You know, I, there's I can't remember a season where we sort of managed to do all of that before. Um, and I mean, it, yeah, it, I don't know. End, it could be City because they want to win a Champions League plus Premier League, so they may not take the FA Cup too seriously. For all I know, so they may feel. I don't know. Much. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, Pep takes all the cups seriously. I mean, you know, like they. They won the Carabao Cup like five times in a row, didn't they? Um, like I said, I, I don't, I don't think Pep or Mikel Arteta are gonna are gonna fuck about here. I think they're both gonna put strong teams out. But like I said, I, I just got a feeling that our our FA Cup magic uh, will help us in a way that it didn't last season. You know, when we when we crapped out against uh, Nottingham Forest. Um, 
I feel like, yeah, we might, uh, we, yeah. yeah, we might basically, I mean, because it, it, if we beat City, then we, we should, in theory, we should win, we should win the whole thing, shouldn't we, really? I mean, like you said, City are the only sort of team that you'd consider, the only team we ha- that we haven't played yet that you would consider kind of as an equal, like on a par yeah. with Arsenal so far. So if we can beat them, there's no reason why we can't go all the way and, you know, get, get the cup. Well, I don't think defensively um, they're as good as previous. So I still no, because he's he's been he's been fucking even for Pep who likes to rotate and chop and change. He's been fucking around with that back four a lot, isn't he this season? Yeah, and he's bringing in that Rico William. Is his name Rico? Uh, Rico Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Rico, Rico Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, and um, so it's a young player there. You know, not much experience, but anyway, we'll. I mean, I think we can take them on. I, you know, it's just Haaland. That's the it's De Bruyne and Haaland. That's the yeah. The, but other other teams have found ways of keeping Haaland quiet this season. You know, it's not. Yeah, it's like just it's stay real, real deep and compact. It's just like don't give him any space to run into. I think yeah, you got to like yeah. A lot of it is going to depend on like like Saliva, Gabriel, and Partey, kind of sort of having like a force field around him basically and just not keeping him off his balance the entire game you know not letting him uh not letting him kind of move freely at all um is going to be like a big part of it but but yeah but yeah i i th- i'm 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 being optimistic i i think we can do it in the in the cup in the league i don't know it's very very possible that they will beat us twice i mean city for all of the kind of for all the improvements we've made over the last few seasons and all of the kind of like, you know, because for a while, for a long time, it was like, oh, Arsenal can never, they can never do it against the big six that, you know, we can't ever beat any of the big six away. And now it's, you know, that's not the case anymore. You know, we've, we've sort of comfortably shown all of the, t- you know, that we can beat all of the teams in the big six, except City. Um, they're the only ones that we, we haven't managed to get results against. Um, and that, that might continue, you know. This might be a season too soon for us to sort of properly take them on as as equals. Um, but you know, we've already we've already got this five point cushion. You know, if we if we if we lose to City twice, we've still got a game in hand. Um, actually, no, I think well, one of our game in hands is we no, we've played one game less than City, haven't we? Yeah, um, got a game in hand. So, yeah, so we do have a game in hand over City, and even, like I said, if we lose both matches to them, we've still got a one point lead. You know, we've still got one point more than. No, wait, no, we haven't. No, because it's five points, isn't it? Shit. Okay, I take it back. But you know, that game in hand, we could we could get back in it. I don't know. Yeah, we're sort of approaching a point in the season where. We don't necessarily have to beat City, is my point. You know, we could draw to yeah. them in one game and lose the to thing. them in the other. That'll be the that'll be the, the second asterisk. You know, tainted win against United, and the second asterisk would be like didn't we didn't beat City home and away. Yeah, yeah, not a real championship. Yeah, but, but um. <coughs> Yeah, I think um yeah, like I said, we it, it, we're sort of we're approaching a point where it, it if we don't 
win either of those games against them, it kind of it maybe doesn't matter too much. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. A lot of games still to well, be played. I mean, anyway, I think City did win a title without beating Liverpool. Is that was it? I can't remember which one. They may have recent recent years that like they probably didn't beat Liverpool, but they still won the league or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been done. I mean I, I'm pretty sure we won titles without beating Man United. Um, you know, yeah, it was like a long period where we we never, especially especially at Old Trafford, like we never beat we we never won at Old Trafford. Um, most of the time, even like you know, like under the in the Wenger era when we were winning titles. But yeah, anyway, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll uh, chat some more shit. Okay, here we go. We're back. Um, probably about time to do some cultural appropriation, don't you think? We've chatted a lot of uh, a lot of shit so far this episode. Yeah, well, I uh, again, listeners, I because I've had this cold and I haven't really consumed any anything worthy of recommendation. I just, oh dear, someone hasn't done their homework okay. again. Oh, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna recommend some more uh, kids' films for us. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> stuff that, yeah. stuff that your nephew likes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, here's cultural appropriation, and there's the theme. Um, do you want me to? Well, I, I can go first to give you a bit more time to think about something to recommend. Uh, uh, all right. Um, okay. Um. So I yeah, it's kind of a like a, a double bill. Uh, I was going to recommend of uh, kind of two two takes on the same subject matter. Um, there's a, a a documentary series. I think it's on Amazon Prime called the The Curse of the Chippendales, um, which is uh, all about the kind of the the male stripping phenomenon of the uh, 80s and sort of into the early 90s of the the, the Chippendales club that started in Los Angeles. Um, and I had I, I wasn't aware of kind of the, the, the history of kind of, you know, how it started or, you know, the people behind it or whatever. But um, it is, it, it just, it delves into the bizarre and uh, ultimately quite tragic um, backstory uh behind uh the the founder of the the Chippendales a guy named uh Steve Banerjee um and uh yeah just uh, I I won't spoil anything um cuz it's kind of best to go in uh best to go in cold but yeah there's yeah I think it's 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 in four parts the documentary um and it it's it's great like I said just really not what you'd expect at all you kind of you sort of maybe expecting kind of like an oral history of Chippendales and kind of you know you kind of think you know what you're in for kind of you know sort of a, a typical uh you know a tale as old as time of you know kind of sex workers basically being exploited um you know in, in this case it, I suppose it's, it's a bit of a, a twist on on that old classic and that it's male sex workers essentially but um no it it is it it's so much weirder so much darker than that um 
and it it's been there's there's it's sort of been dramatized as a uh tv series uh on it, it i think it's available on disney plus in the uk called welcome to chippendales um written by i think it, it was adapted for tv by uh robert robert siegel robert smigel i can't remember his his name but the guy that did pam and tommy um which was on disney plus which i also really enjoyed which is a, again kind of a dramatization of the uh, the whole thing with um Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and their their sex tape in the nineties and kind of how that all came about and snowballed and, and whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that series and th- like I said, Welcome to Chippendales is sort of similar in that it's sort of you know it's a a, a real life story um, where the the most insane elements of it feel made up for the show, but then like I said, if you've watched the documentary, you know that they're actually real. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah great. A great kind of dramatization of it. It, it stars uh, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, the comedian who famously got buff uh, for the that Marvel film that he was in. Um, even though he's super buff, he's not actually playing one of the Chippendales. He's playing uh, the Steve Banerjee character. So I guess it's a little bit jarring, sort of seeing this uh, kind of like uh, sort of chubby, kind of chinless Indian guy in uh, in the documentary. Uh, and then you see, he, you know, Kumail is playing him in the documentary. He's just, you know, with his, <laughs> with his chiseled jaw and uh, his uh, massive pecs, even though he's sort of hiding them under a, a gross tan suit. Um, but yeah, he's great in it. Uh, Murray Bartlett uh, stars as Nick DeNoyer, the, uh, the the choreographer for uh, the, the Chippendale. So Murray Bartlett from um, White Lotus, which I think I recommended previously. He's in the first season of White Lotus. Um, yeah, great. Uh, just uh, yeah, like I said, kind of two two takes on the same subject matter that are, are both very effective and and really really worth very watchable, very worth watching. I think Welcome to Chippendales is eight episodes; they're about half an hour apiece. And uh, Curse of the Chippendales on Amazon is four episodes. I think they're all about an hour each. So um, yeah, check out uh, check out that. You know, after that, you'll you'll know all there is to know about uh, Chippendales, male stripping, and whatnot. Um, Lawrence, is that giving you enough time to think of literally anything to yeah. uh, to recommend? Okay. I have um, I have remembered what I was going to recommend. I had it on me uh, in me in me brain, but it was a uh, every every ever so often or so, bluegrass gets it, bluegrass music uh, gets a uh, real shot in the arm, mm. and I've suddenly come across this kid. Well, he's not really a kid; he's only a couple of years younger than me. Uh, called Billy Strings. Yes, my my dad is a big fan of Billy Strings, and uh, I would I would like to recommend Billy Strings. I have no specific album or single or anything, but I watched some of his his live show at um, Red Rocks and everything. He seems really really good. Like he's kind of combining kind of um, I guess like kind of <clears throat> non bluegrassy elements, kind of a bit of psyched psychedelia or whatever. Or, mm. And he sometimes does a lot of um shredding quote unquote kind of guitar solo-y stuff that isn't so yeah. it's outside of bluegrass traditional stuff but he combines it really well with the old school traditional bluegrassy style music and he's really good I really like him and yeah that's why I'd recommend listeners you give a check out Billy Strings um, yeah I did um, I think he like I said I think my I my dad is a big fan of Billy Strings I think he may have collaborated with the like the 
uh, like the Grateful Dead or the whatever whatever version of the Grateful Dead is currently still touring. Um, I think he may have collaborated with that again because he's so kind of shreddy on the guitar, but not in a kind of wanky kind of, you know yeah. like a sort of prog metal kind of way. Um, so he kind of I think he's you know he's a good good uh, a good substitute for Jerry, but no, there's no there's no substituting Jerry, of course. I did a I did a thing where I asked some of my uh, people on on the Twitters in my in my secret circle as they have on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, okay. just give me something to recommend. <laughs> Sounds bad. And um, I don't like the sound of this. No, it's nothing rude. But uh, one rec- one recommended Finding Nemo, obviously. And yep, another kids' film. Okay. Yeah. And another one recommended an album by a band called Soviet Soviet. I don't know if you've heard of this band at all. Called uh, nope. Endless. So there you go. This. Okay. All, all I could get. So Lawrence. Lawrence is now outsourcing his recommendations I for cultural appropriation make, because he can't time. be bothered. Apparently, I haven't really watched anything. It's all just you, Paddington. If you've got a, this is prime real estate for just watching stuff nonstop know, if you're ill. If you've got a cold, know, like this is the time. I just to watch binge the same old crap. Nonsense that I wouldn't recommend on anybody, like stuff related to <laughs> Bigfoot nonsense. No one wants to watch stuff about Bigfoot. It's silly. I suppose we, yeah, we can't really recommend any more Bigfoot stuff than we already yeah. have. Um, you want to watch the yeah. same, you know, the small town monsters who keep making documentaries this time in Alaska or wherever, and it's just, or, and it's just. Yeah. So, oh, and interesting for the 69th thermal, week in a row, Lawrence is recommending thermal, the no, Patterson no, film. Yeah, but it's like, there's nothing I can recommend there. It's just something I'm interested in. I wouldn't want anyone else. I'm gatekeeping it. It's mine. Mm. But, yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's the best way to do it. You know, you want to keep something uh, cool and personal. Um, yeah, just gatekeep the fuck out of it. Looks like... Um, I mean, Tottenham is still 1-0 up against Fulham. Looks like Mitrovic is uh, having to go off the field because he's been injured, uh, which is no bueno for my fantasy football team. Um, But, uh, yeah, about four minutes or so left to go there, plus uh, added time. Um, Yeah, so if you've been affected by any of the issues discussed in this episode of junior funners, uh, please do get in touch. We're at juniorfunners at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter We're at junior funners. Uh, Lawrence is on Twitter, but nobody cares. Um, and, uh, yeah. All right. Bye.